every night that he would escape. What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. The bus crashed. Michael Myers escaped. He returned to Haddonfield, his home. I need to protect my family. You have no security system, Karen. Mom, you need help. Evil is real. There's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I've been preparing for this for a long time. It is not safe to be on the street tonight. He's here. He is a killer, but he will be killed tonight. Happy Halloween, Michael. Wesley Snipes movie. Gallo Walkers. Yeah, Gallo Walkers. A horror western. Yeah, sort of. Let's intro this yeah. thing. Hey, listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, and um, we will spoil that horror movie. We're going to talk about recently watched. We'll try not to spoil that too much, unless it's a fucking Wesley Snipes movie where he's a cowboy. I couldn't. Uh, Okay, uh, we're not professional critics. We're also not professional podcasters because I'm not getting paid for this. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find their music on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy it digitally. Say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. Say hi to us on the Facebook where we are, Chewing the Scenery. That's us on Instagram. Ray. <laughs> Dash Ray. Dash Ray. <laughs> um, also on uh, Instagram, we are ch- chewing the scenery. Dash Ray. Uh, we chew, chew, <laughs> choose you. Uh, listeners, we have a special guest. Uh, my nephew, who I am also happy to call my friend, Johnny, is on the show. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Hi, hello. Thank Long-time you. Long-time fan. <laughs> yeah, from the start. Yeah, yeah. You got right on this podcast. Yeah early on since episode one it's kind of a surreal experience being here i bet (laughs) um do you remember remember when you were visiting a few years ago and i told you about oh you should check out podcasts they're a lot of fun yeah and you hadn't yet and i gave you a list of good ones yeah then we made ours and just (laughs) tacked that onto the same list of yeah 
Yeah, it's been uh it's been it's been fun. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah. Any, any first time uh listeners, uh I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. And as you just heard, Johnny. Hello. <laughs> Those are the sounds of our voices. Um who wants to talk about recently watched? What you you brought it up. <laughs> I did bring it you up. You don't have a list. Uh, I left my list in the house, and we're out here in the studio. At the bottom of the garden. In a shed at the bottom of the garden. There's a girl in the garden. Um, <laughs> I know that I... I think I mentioned The Birds last time, if not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I did. Okay, so whatever I've watched you since The Birds... You mentioned it last night, anyway. Okay. So, so what did you think of Gallo Walkers? You know, it's... There's got to be a drinking game and maybe some sort of um fan interaction thing that could happen with this so you, know, you watch this as well yeah yeah oh, I, I was <laughs> i was i think i did i was fucking around like oh yeah look at this oh whoops my finger slipped it's starting to play and, I, and we just let it play it was visually very well made it was like almost pretty to look at the scenery was stunning and everything was very crisp very colorful did you notice there weren't really any night scenes yeah yeah everything was in broad daylight yeah I, yeah it was like a 2012 2014 somewhere in there it's from like six years ago let's say um it was a western horror movie starring wesley snipes as some sort of cowboy version of blade yeah that's what i took from it there's a <laughs> There's gallows. There's a lot of walking. <laughs> there's a lot whole of, lot of walking. Yeah, you can't complain. <laughs> they delivered on the walking. So the checklist. I want some gallows and I want some walking. Oh wow! Yeah. Ten minutes in. Check check. We're ready. We can we can say we got our money's worth. Yeah, I don't really know what happened in the movie. I don't either. Just there were, series of events. There were some Inquisition garbed looking dudes <laughs> that weren't Inquisition dudes that had funny hair and red clothes and. Those people with the bad wigs. And they're, wow. They die the and come what, back. What platform was this available on? Oh, it was on, <laughs> it was on the um, Comcast uh, movies free to me horror, oh, in the horror section. Man. <laughs> it was worth every book. Free to me. Free to me. Um, <laughs> so I, I figured it was within the Barnes limit. It was 90 minutes. Okay, good. So... All right. You know, Will said, bring it in under 90 minutes. And no, now I, I lent you uh, Teenage Zombies. Have you uh, dived into that yet? Uh, that's actually coming up next. Um, All right. So my, my, goal, my goal this weekend is to go through, I think I have three of your movies, maybe four. Uh, and now... Kiss me deadly. Either five or six. <laughs> but these will be next. Um, I did decide maybe I'm a dick and I'm going to watch Paranormal Activity because I felt like this thing is boring and it's not scary. <laughs> Um, results are in. I'm not a dick. It's not, uh, scary and it is boring. Uh, I didn't get to the part with the chicken feet in the, in the, okay. in the powder, but, um, I'll turn it back. That is on. my favorite yeah. part from the first one. Yeah. Oh, and there's a burnt picture in the attic. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I like the first four. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll watch the other. The not th- ones the other... I watched twice cause they're just so uh, bland looking. Yeah. I need a horror movie to have some visual interest for me to come back to it. <laughs> some visual interest, you say? Yes. <laughs> well, Gallo Walkers had visual interest. Well, I should check it out. And there's a good exploding head. <laughs> I like there's westerns. Some, there's some tearing there is, off of heads is. with spines hanging out. 
Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of that. A lot Mor- of wow, Mortal Kombat. This movie's moments. sounding yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> There's flashbacks. Oh. Wesley Snipes has like a shaved head in the flashbacks. Oh no, flashbacks! <laughs> I he, hate flashbacks. But he's got a whole head full of braids in in the in the pre- present moments of the movie. I, you know, I seriously, there's a Johnny. Wow. Is there a drinking game in there somewhere? Yeah, I think there is. Um, I admittedly, I was nodding off. Me too. And <laughs> Me too. I don't know if what I saw <laughs> was real. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a fever dream. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. No, that was the movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Your body was trying to protect you by making you fall asleep. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you <laughs> fall in the ice and your body kind of shuts down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when you watch a movie bad enough, <laughs> you will fall asleep. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I can't remember. I, I had an, another couple of movies, but um, Johnny, what have you watched recently? Let's go to you. Oh, man. Um, You've been doing 31 Days. You did I've that been doing triple it. bill from... Oh, yeah. I should talk about that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> some smart-ass podcaster said something about the trifecta. Tell us uh, yeah. what you did. So at the end of the um, the Mandy episode, you guys mentioned the trifecta, which I'm going to call the um, unholy trifecta of batshit crazy Japanese insanity. Um, School of the Holy Beast, mm. a.k.a. Convent of the Sacred Beast, a.k.a. the Transgressor. I was noticing too. I don't huh, know I've never heard that never name. Heard before. Is that true? Huh. No, I did not. Mm. I, but do you guys maybe use, I don't know. Do you guys use Letterboxd at all? No, the website. I don't. Okay, it's how it pops up on Letterboxd. So oh, okay. So someone else renamed it again. I, yeah, weird. But um, I watched that, and then I followed that up with uh, the Boxer's Omen. Mm. Wow. That was my first <laughs> um, Shaw Brothers movie. Oh wow! wow. So, they're, they're not all like that. Yeah, that was a uh, that was interesting, and then so tell us something uh, weird or gross that might have happened in that movie. Just name something. <laughs> Boxer's Omen, or yeah, the first Bo- one? Boxer's Omen. Boxer's Omen. Oh, there's uh, ooh, let's see. Um, there's spider puppets, bat puppets. There's reanimated crocodile skulls. Mm-hmm. Anyone dueling do- wizards? Anyone do anything to a crocodile in this movie? Oh yeah, crocodiles are split open and there's like I don't even know. Doesn't someone vomit into it, it and then someone uh, else eats it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's Is that on anyone's on checklist? <laughs> yeah. This guy chews on a banana peel and then he spits it out and then he hands it to the guy next to him. And then and he then does he, the same. And it's one take. Yeah. And and I'm I'm sitting there with my eyes just my eyes are wide. My mouth is just agape, <laughs> and I'm both. <laughs> I'm simultaneously mesmerized, but I kind of want to throw up. Yeah. So did we, uh, when we mentioned these, did we mention the context that people saw it in? Because uh, Richard threw a party at one of his old apartments. Did you, did you hear the story? I, th- I think you might have mentioned yeah. it in one of the earlier so, episodes. So uh, this yeah. is back when we were working at the art supply store, mm-hmm. and uh, Richard said to me, Foolishly, as it turned out, bring the weirdest thing you have. So, the theme of the party was Asian food, Asian horror. Right. So I brought oh, along boxes omen, and uh, by the time I got there, many people there were pretty mm, 
a little freaked out by it. Yeah, a bit on, bit on the um, jazz cigarettes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so they watched this movie and it was, it was hysterical watching them because uh, the lag time on their reactions, <laughs> something outrageous would happen. And then like you know, quite a while later, they'd be going, oh, my God. Yeah, they'd, there'd be forehead slapping and eye rubbing. <laughs> And I was innocently cooking a big wok full yeah, yeah, of pad you're, thai. You're in the back and watch, watching them the... and hearing these people going, oh. And I'm peeking around the corner while I'm cooking pad thai <laughs> and going, wow, that dude just spit that out and that other dude ate it. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so, so you calmed down after that and watched something normal? Oh, yeah. I watched Will's favorite, uh, Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. Man. Yeah. And, wow. yeah. Yeah. That movie. It's, it... it it transcends film, I think. It's an experience, it for is. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so outrageously disturbing. <laughs> it's like, it's... Tonally, it's kind of all over the place. It's like Oh, it's, God, yeah. <laughs> it's like a serious Yakuza crime film, and then it's softcore porn, and then it's like weird rubber monster creature feature. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the best. Abuse to vegetables. Yeah, yes. yeah. Most succinct <laughs> description of that film yeah. I've heard. That's, 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 that's the plot, really. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I survived. Somebody, <laughs> All right. Somebody falling to their death becomes a watermelon and then yeah. splats yeah. on the pavement. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which and you would... was like two 14-year-old boys made a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, oh, man. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, I recommend all listeners. Uh, I think all future guests have to do that now. Oh man! Oh, for sure. We'll just for sure. say you got to yeah. watch these three films in a row. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! That's how you get jumped into our gang. <laughs> so, wow. Any other? <laughs> I know that's a high bar, but any other ones beside that recently? There's a lot of interesting things I've seen for the first time recently. Gala um, walkers. Gala walkers, most importantly. <laughs> um, Highly recommend. Uh, I've watched a few things. I've seen Hereditary. And that was oh yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I think Will mentioned it recently. I've seen Killing of a Sacred Deer for the first time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was interesting. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like what? What was that movie about? I don't know. I don't know. It. It was such stilted dialogue. <laughs> it was fantastic and this weird kid with powers no one can understand yeah but they accept yeah but we don't understand it as the audience either (laughs) yeah but with the uh with the trifecta aside i initially came up with a list and i was only supposed to make 31 slots for it and then it ended up being like 43 and i'm like this isn't gonna work so it's been weird because i've just been winging it Mm -hmm. so i've seen i've seen those movies i've seen the trifecta i've seen gala walkers um, you know, I have to tone things down a little bit for Laura. Um, mm-hmm. so I had to watch Casper from 1995. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> Christina Ritchie, Bill Pullman. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Yeah, that was horrifying. Okay. Um, I watched that one. <laughs> Laura's um, your granddaughter? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Laura is my lovely wife. And she's, <laughs> she's probably going to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just cut it out. <laughs> We'll just beat that. We'll just edit that. No, Laura's not. Laura's a... your. <laughs> what they say. Laura's great. Um, she's not a horror movie person, but um, that's allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> We're not going to talk about what people yeah. at conventions think of 
people who she, don't like horror movies. She doesn't like um, the dead dogs and the horror movies and mm-hmm. all that uh, stuff. But dead deer. No, no, do I? But. No, no. <laughs> dead and or dying deer? No dead animals at all. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, uh, I'll, I'll repeat it here, is uh, there's a website called uh, Does the Dog Die? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not just dogs. It's like any kind of trigger thing that you don't want to see in a film. Right. Um, you can look, it up, look up the film title and it'll tell you. So trigger warnings like are found. One guy is chewing like, on a banana peel and then passing uh, the next guy. Uh, is that like, your trigger? Uh, movies that have uh, syringe injections. And, oh, um, that'd be good for Jean. She doesn't like needles. Like <laughs> Eyeball torture. I, I haven't gone through the whole list of things that people don't want to see. But Okay. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, um, I want to be an advocate for this movie because I feel like it's underrated. I don't know if it is, but I feel like it is. I went and saw Candyman for the first time mm-hmm. in a theater mm-hmm. uh, with my mom and my sister and my sister's boyfriend, and I loved it. Okay. What do you guys think of Candyman? Candyman, this is 1991, whatever... Uh, Clive Barker, yeah. Clive Barker, Tony <laughs> yeah. Todd. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one. I, it's a yes vote for me. I like it. Yeah, I, I need to rewatch it, but I loved it. But I feel like the only thing I ever hear about it is, oh, it's one of the better '90s horror movies, and that's all they have to say about it. Well, which I know it's yeah. not the best decade for horror, mm. but I feel but, like it's not talked about. A well, whole lot. It, that's probably true. Yeah, I think yeah. I hear a lot about Candyman. <laughs> right. Um, do you know the history of, of its filming location? Cabrini Green? Yep. Chicago. So you do know. I, I know about it. Obviously, it was, you know, a little... The projects before. have been yeah. demolished since. Yeah. Um, it was the most horrifying place. <laughs> one of the most horrifying places in the U.S. Um, as far as the housing projects go. Um, there were There were police that would not go in. There were emergency vehicle drivers that were just like, um, yeah, I didn't hear that call. Sorry. I know I heard someone tell me later about an ambulance being, no, couldn't do it. Um, they had to get special permission from the gang leaders of the area. (laughs) Basically the drug dealers and crime lords had to give the okay to film parts of the movie there. Otherwise, what are you doing here? You know, it, it, there's a good chance you would get shot just walking by or driving by. Yeah, which that's... I think we uh, we should do a rewatch. Mm, yeah, it's on Candyman. You know, I, I looked it up just recently, and I think Scream Factory is putting it out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, good. Soon. Yeah. So, and I didn't know that. It. Yeah, it's not yeah. been good looking for since it came out. Right. Mm. And that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, what transfers they made from what sources, and now if they went straight to the best source and put it on blu-ray let's let's watch that thing yeah i mean i highly recommend it i think um it doesn't get enough love yeah and it's based on the <laughs> on kind of the bloody mary thing instead of yeah, saying bloody it, mary three times you say Candyman five times well it's a fascinating movie because it's i had always assumed it was just a slasher movie mm-hmm. and it's really not it's more of an urban legend kind of Go, ghost revenge yeah and i i, I don't want to give anything away but i do think that there are multiple ways you can read the movie um there are things that happen to the main character and then she kind of becomes obsessed with this investigation of this urban legend. And I think the way I kind of read it is there are certain things that are going on in her life and they kind of manifest in this Candyman character. Okay. And I think there's a lot of depth to it. And I think that you can view it on like a surface level kind of, oh, this is just a, you know, it's not really a slasher, but you can just 
think about it on a surface level if you want to, or you can kind of add meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It's hmm, kind interesting. Of, yeah, it's it, it feels like it's open to interpretation, and it, it really kind of stuck out in terms of 90s horror movies because, I mean, I was born in the 90s, and by the time I was really caring about movies all that much, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I've, I've seen Scream, I've seen Blair Witch Project, I've seen the big ones, but um, yeah. that's one I hadn't seen, and I caught it at a theater so it was like nice know, it was like seeing it for the first time yeah when, when did they show it? it from the blu-ray or was it uh actual film i'm not sure i saw uh, it at a it was just a marcus theaters they do that thing every now and then where they play the old movies oh okay for, for cheaper so it looked nice but it didn't you know because sometimes they'll i know they've they'll put uh i went and saw suspiria uh right before they put it out on Blu-ray and it was no. just from the Blu-ray and I wondered <laughs> if it wasn't a sort of tie-in that way since there's yeah. a Blu-ray coming out. Yeah, it was, um, I think the fact that it was actually set in Cabrini Green, yeah, a place known for being dangerous and, and scary in the first place, I think mm-hmm. that kind of added to it as well because there are scenes in that movie where they're just walking around through the projects and it's kind of tense. Yeah. Because you know you don't know what's going to happen. It was a wasteland. It was it, yeah. was, it was terrifying. Uh, when your grandpa was in a hospital downtown, uh, your grandma and two or three of us in the car were heading home, and she took a wrong turn, and all of a sudden we were going through Cabrini Green, and oh, I was like, no. "Mom, don't stop at the fucking stop sign. Floor it. Go, go, go." It was a go, 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 move, move, move kind of situation. And yeah. uh, it, it just seemed to go on forever. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I can't explain to you the, the sick feeling of adrenaline. I didn't know mm. that much adrenaline could course through my veins at once, but uh, <laughs> it, the, the hellscape that was the projects. Um, I don't know what that area is like now. I don't really know what happened there after they demolished all those buildings. Yeah. But towers, just so many in a row. They look like giant dominoes. It was stunning. Yeah, it's it's beautifully shot. Um, it's got a Philip Glass score. Oh yeah, so that's it's, right. It, it's kind of it's a weird score too because it's kind of unconventional. I feel for like mm-hmm. a horror score, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I don't know, weird ethereal kind of choir type score. Yeah. You know, you've heard Philip Glass stuff, so of course yeah, he did a soundtrack <laughs> for Dracula as well. Yeah, oh, that's right for the original Thirty One mm-hmm. Dracula. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. good stuff. Highly recommended. <laughs> Didn't know he was that old. Oh yeah, <laughs> Philip Glass, 170 years old. Doing this movies month. in 1931, 1991. Wow. Yeah, and uh, when I lived in England, I used to go and see uh, that uh, like the, the original Phantom of the Opera. And oh, nice. Had a live score for that, and they did uh, Nosferatu with Aphex Twin and a live score. Oh, for that. that's amazing. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Love that. Um, <laughs> who wants to go next? Uh, Did that kind of cover the year recent? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's we, we got that's the gist of it. Yeah. Candyman's great. <laughs> right. Get that Blu-ray, everybody. <laughs> I watched uh, the Netflix series Haunting of Hill House. And how do you feel about that? Uh, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people are really loving it. I found it a little tedious. It's a mm. reason why horror films aren't 10 hours long. <laughs> it violates the Barnes limit. It quite grossly violates the Barnes limit. Um, 
Yeah, I watched the first episode, and then I thought oh, I'll ask the guys and see if it's worth mm. carrying on. And so I asked Will, and it was pretty definite. Yeah, yeah. and the last episode's full of a, a bunch of sap. Oh, where we all learn to laugh about love again or some <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh wow! Turns out to be Casper all along. Oh yes, that would have been better. I would have liked that. Um, Why not a hot stuff movie? The Little Devil? Yeah, where is our hot stuff movie? Get on it, Hollywood. Really? Harvey Toons doesn't want to release rights to hot stuff? Hot stuff. Ah, yeah. And if we can't get him, maybe the deviled ham guy. Yeah. (laughs) The Underwood deviled ham guy? Yes. Anyway, that's all I've watched. Oh, okay. Because that was like 10 episodes, so that ate up the week. Oh, God. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching Apostle. Yeah. All right. Uh, which was the trailer at the end of uh, Haunting of Hill House. At least that's what Netflix played for me. Oh, good. It looked a lot better than Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, Apostle was a new one from Gareth Evans. Did oh, the okay. Raid series. Okay. Oh, Raid, okay. Well, not series, two films. But uh, yeah, fantastic. Okay. You, you mentioned Netflix, and that reminded me, Hell House LLC. Okay. Um, that one was, as far as the found footage goes, was was actually pretty entertaining, and there were a few, a few scares, a few good startles in there for me. Good. So that was nice. But uh, if you can put up with, uh, basically a found footage, but it it it's mostly shot within the confines of a repurposed space that was turned into a temporary um, haunted attraction yeah so these people show up to this old hotel and they're going to turn it into they're like famous for making awesome haunted attractions so they go to this small town and they're like but the one in brooklyn was you know great but are we going to get that kind of crowd here and they're like people will come to it it'll be great and of course everything goes horribly wrong as soon as they open it because it's actually haunted mm. so uh the, you know that's not a huge spoiler a pretty minor spoiler because you sort of expect it the way they intro it so that's that's worth a look in my opinion you might disagree will you very well might disagree (laughs) Uh, you can be the voice of dissent sometimes rarely but (laughs) fair enough okay jolian what about you have you seen the wicker man the wicker man the 1973 version I haven't seen either, actually. Have oh, you seen the good one? Oh, man. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's one of the ones I still have to see. Okay. I have a list I think, of them. I think you might have a copy of the... Actually, you two have a copy. I yeah, don't. I'll... Oh, you didn't buy one for yourself. <laughs> there were only two. Oh. And it was more important to me that you had I'll them. lend you, you my copy. Okay, we'll do that. So you can watch it's it. right next to it's the good one. Un... It's still <laughs> still in the wrapper. <laughs> You didn't need to watch it again? I didn't watch it again. We were going to, and then everything else came up. Anyway, Wickman is like a... a you, do you know about it at all? I know a little bit about it, like story-wise, but... Right. So it, it's not like an island off the coast of Scotland. And yeah. Cult. But, so uh, Apostle, the first hour of it is pretty similar. It's like a guy, he infiltrates this cult on this island off of the Welsh coast. And uh, uh, so it's pretty similar. You, you get some ideas that something actually supernatural is going on, uh, but it's very small details. Um, but this is, uh, you've got this set up and, and this cult is having a bad time, like crops are not going well. Mm. Uh, the, the 
uh, new lambs are all stillborn and that, that gets pretty gruesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, dead lambs. Dead lambs. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the, the second era just takes off into brutal... Oh, oh it's, uh, it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> okay. Um, there's an excellent... Uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but anyway. Excellent cast. Uh, you've got Dan Steen, Stevens is the hero. Uh, he was in. Uh, he's known for Downton Abbey, and um, he was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Uh, he was in Vamps and Colossal, and he's been. He's done a couple of productions of Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, and then got Lucy Boynton from uh, The Black Coat's Daughter and uh, Don't Knock Twice. Uh, you got Michael Sheen as uh, Malcolm. He's the cult leader, and uh, Mark Lewis Jones is this. <laughs> he's this intense villain. Uh, but yeah, it's it's extraordinary. It's not like uh, like the raid because they're like martial arts movies. Have you seen those? The the raid. He, there's stuff done with a camera. You just can't believe there's a human operating this thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's this uh, like in the second one. There's this move where uh, the camera goes. There's this car chase and it goes. The camera goes out one car through another car and out the other side of it uh, while they're traveling. I had no idea how they'd done it. Wow. But they, they give it away in the in the documentary, but. It's amazing. But anyway, so this one anyway is uh, 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 is not flinging it, the camera around. Okay. Um, there's still some cool moves, but it's more uh, conventional. All right. Filming, but it's really good. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, been watching the Hammer Frankenstein movies in uh, chronological order. So uh, the Curse of Frankenstein, which is, uh, uh, I think that's essential viewing if you want to find out about the history of horror and because that just triggered so much. I don't think Will's allowed to watch that in his house. Oh, well, yeah, uh, he's the house of no, no more, Frankenstein. The house of no Frankenstein. <laughs> um, so this came out in 57, and it was like a full, full color. You know, there's some, uh, you wouldn't really call it that gory now, but it was, when, if, if, you, if the audience hadn't seen anything like that before, it was pretty shocking. Um, this is directed by Terence Fisher. So this... This basically uh, uh, made Hammer successful internationally, and they they'd had success with things like the Quite Mass series, but this one really uh, uh, was a really big hit, and it set off like uh, the revival of gothic horror around the world. So you had uh, like uh, uh, all the uh, traditional monsters mm-hmm. coming back to life in you know Mexico and Japan and right. Spain and Italy. And uh, um, sales of frilly shirts went frilly through the shirts. Se- through the ceiling. Uh, yeah, uh, Peter Cushing just one of the great one of the great roles of any kind of film, I think. Um, his portrayal of Frankenstein. Um, so uh, it's more theatrical than the original Frankenstein. It's uh, the sets are more kind of realistic. It's mm-hmm. not expressionistic, and uh, it's very textured. And you know, I'd love to see a Blu-ray of this if they actually restore it um yeah um and uh so this sets off the whole series where frankenstein is the actual monster of the series he's this scientist who's got his his sights set on his project and uh don't get in his way um uh got melvin hayes playing the teenage frankenstein and uh yeah hazel court is elizabeth and uh, uh christopher lee is the creature um and music by James Bernard, you know, you've got all the classic yeah. kind of team. Um, 
so this is this came out at a time when in America Frankenstein was kid stuff. He was he'd gone and you know he's, he was on TV on the weekends and uh, you know everyone was dressing up as him and yeah buying the novelty gear and stuff. He was just a children's yeah monster kids were monster. yeah discovering this old stuff for the first time right and England was like let's reinvent yeah, this yeah let's do an adult. Frankenstein. So this was followed the next year by the Re- the Revenge of Frankenstein. Uh, basically, the same team. Um, Peter Cushing's uh, literally uh, farming the poor. <laughs> He's running a poor clinic, and you see the poor are missing arms and legs and whatnot. <laughs> uh, and he's working on something in the lab. And uh, uh, so this one, you got uh, Michael Gwynn plays uh, one of his creations. So there's actually two crea- creations in this one. Oh. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but it's got a great twist ending. Uh, unfortunately, they don't follow through on it for the uh, for the rest of the series. They they drop the continuity completely. But uh, you, in Revenge of Frankenstein, you got a lot of the character actors turn up in this one, like Michael Ripper. Oh, okay. Valentine Dial, uh, Richard Wordsworth from the Quatermass Experiment, um, Lionel Jeffries. You know, always always good cast in these. Uh, you got a Franken chimp instead of a Franken puppy. Oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah, um, he doesn't actually get around to taking revenge, but uh, and he doesn't go after the guy who wronged him in the first one. But uh, hmm. yeah, very smart film, very good. Uh, Evil of Frankenstein, nineteen sixty four. So there's been a gap. Hammer's on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's directed by Freddie Francis, uh, and it's, most of the team is different, apart from Peter Cushing. Uh, so this drops continuity. Um, he's 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 by this time he's like really he's a he's kind of anti-establishment hero uh, for the sixties. He's um, he's the, he's always the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's a very Anne Randian sort of hero. You know, oh wow! Um, he's the superior guy, and everyone else is trying to exploit him, or stop him, or corrupt him. Um, and the monsters uh, the, at this point, Hammer had linked up with uh, Universal for distribution, so uh, uh, they could do a monster that looked more like the Boris Karloff. Yeah, and he's played by uh, Kiwi Kingston in this one. Uh, it kind of looks like a cross between uh, Max Wall and Robert Smith. Um, <laughs> there's a it, and the plot is pretty much uh, Son of Frankenstein. You've got an evil assistant named Zoltan. He's this uh, hypnotist they recruit to give them more control over the creature. And, of course, the evil mm. Zoltan has got his own ideas. I always about... check people's credentials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got larger scale sets, more variety of effects. Uh, Roy Ashton on the makeup this time. Uh, not as gory. Um, Hammond had trouble with British censors. Mm. So until the late 60s, they couldn't really let rip on all the implications like they had in the first two films. Um, it's got a reverse mirror gag. You know, we were trying to find the earliest instance of the, the bathroom mirror gag. You know, yeah. someone yeah. looks yep. into the reflection and the monster pops They're not up. there and then they look again and yeah. there's a monster. So this one is kind of reverse. There's this like vain policeman and he's always checking himself out in the, in the glass of a, of a cupboard. And uh, he re- turns away from his reflection. The monster steps into the, re- the reflection. And then he turns back and sees it and gets clobbered. What year was uh, this? 64. Uh, 
Okay, so that's, 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 that's the year to beat now. Reverse, but it's <laughs> it's a mirror gag. But it works. Uh, it's the same way, basically. So, uh, uh, May 1967, you've got Frankenstein Created Woman. You've got Terence Fisher back on it. Um, uh, this time, Peter Cushing is more into uh, the metaphysical side of things. He's trying to isolate the soul so that he can transplant it into another body without all the reanimation gruesome body digging stuff yeah um so again it's less gory uh but you know it's kind of weird for this uh, why is he suddenly talking about the soul you know is this yeah this kind of pragmatic down to earth yeah yeah and you get this sort of uh, abstract thinking yeah um spiritual stuff so the focus is more on this uh, the young fellow named Hans who's taken revenge on these dan- dandies who went after his girlfriend, who's who's kind of got these. Uh, she's got a like lame leg and half a face is scarred from something or other. Oh, and uh, she's played by uh, Susan Denberg. Hmm. Uh, she was in a few films in the late sixties. Um, she was uh, in Playboy in sixty six. She was one of Mud's women in oh, okay. Star Trek. Oh, okay. Um, Anyway, uh, what happens is um, yeah, she becomes, yeah, Frankenstein works on her and she becomes this beautiful blonde and tracks down. The, uh, and then he transfers the soul of the boyfriend who then uses her for his revenge, which I wouldn't do if I possessed my girlfriend. Right. It's kind of weird. It's like, <laughs> you know, she's going to get into all sorts of legal trouble over there. Um, <laughs> she commits suicide twice in the film. And uh, shortly after the, the this film... Um, she was rumored to have committed suicide in real life, but she actually dropped out of the film scene because she'd been drawn into like the jet set life and hanging out with Roman Polanski, and uh, uh, you know she was being given lots of drugs and stuff like that. So she she kind of headed home and disappeared from public view. Right. So there's rumors of her, of her actually killing herself. But. but do you think the uh, the whole Manson family murder thing was maybe sobering for her, and she wanted to get the hell away from that? She, I think uh, what happened was her dad found out what she was going through and and pulled her out and took her back to Austria. Oh, okay. So this went out on a double bill with uh, the Mummy Shroud, and these are the last two movies that Hammer did at Bray Studios. And you can see some of the sets from Plague of the Zombies mm. and the Reptile in. Frankenstein created woman. What, what they used to do at this point was they'd film two f- movies at once on the same sets and then they'd swap them out with other, other two movies so that you wouldn't realize that they'd both been done at the same time. So it was pretty smart. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so they filmed like Shroud of the Monk Mummy uh, with something else and yeah, then yeah. paired it up with, <laughs> with, with Frankenstein, Frankenstein created woman, right, right. which was filmed with something same else. Yeah. <laughs> Zombies. yeah that's not bad yeah um all right uh more trawling on um amazon mm. excellent uh the last shark 1982 yes L- squalo aka jaws 3 aka the great white uh <laughs> this is from enzo g castellari i was about to ask you if this was an italian italian shark, shark movies <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's another one where you kind of brace yourself for animal abuse oh, yeah, i was gonna say do animals get abused in this uh, you see photos of dead sharks but yeah. they don't actually is this reassuringly big brother oh, okay. shark thing <laughs> it's do, uh, one of the best actors in the movie do any do any zombies fight these sharks no not yet okay well oh yeah this would be after that wouldn't it yeah i think so yeah do you know about shark fighting zombies 
zombie. Cool. Yeah. There's this Lucio Fulci film where there's a zombie fights a shark. Yeah, I've seen that one. And I think that's a reference to The Spy Who Loved Me where Jaws, the character played by Richard Keel, fights a shark. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so you've got uh, this big plastic shark constructed by Giorgio Ferrari. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. The car maker? I think in, jo- in Jaws, if it was... Uh, <laughs> If he was Bruce in Italy, it'd be Il Bruce. Il Bruce. I like it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you've got a singer-songwriter in a box. You've got James Franciscus from uh, Cat Nine Tales. Yeah. Uh, Beneath playing, the Planet of the Apes. Playing Peter. Yep. Uh, Vic Morrow. Oh, oh Vic uh, Morrow. Playing the old salt, old salt and uh, part-time Scotsman. Uh, you've got a man playing... Uh, uh, Just a man. A uh, man. Um, uh, his character's name is Governor Wells. He's the man who won't call off the regatta. Uh, he gets all contrite and helpful about two thirds of the way in, and then five minutes later, there's this awesome scene and goodbye, <laughs> Governor Wells. Uh, you got characters named Dave, Bob, Pete, and Billy Joe. Uh, there's this excellent climax where all the supporting cast are gathered on a pier with a bit of bait attached to it. Uh, you can kind of guess where that goes. <laughs> all right. Uh, filmed in Malta. It looks very sunny and nice. Nice. Pleasant this place was, to visit. And you were telling me Universal sued them for... Yeah, because it was released in some territories like uh, Japan and South America as Jaws, Jaws 3. 3D. I wonder and if that is, influenced their Jaws 3D <laughs> fiasco. Uh, How's that one hold up, people? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> oh, man, I saw that recently. Have you seen oh, the, really? Have you seen the Jaws series? I've seen the first, and I've seen Jaws: The Revenge, which was terrible. Oh, blimey! You skipped right to the last one. Ooh, yeah. yeah it, I don't even know why I did that. It was just I caught it on something, and I just watched it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is one of the sequels." I, I didn't even know what number it was, but it was horrendous. It was awful. <laughs> you had to open a window because it was stinking the place up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, more more trawling. Um, the House of the Damned, 1963. Hmm. Uh, um, it's got Richard Keel in it. Some some sources said it's his debut, but that's not true. Yeah, hmm. uh, he was in Phantom Planet in '61 for starters. Okay, uh, it's got Richard Crane in it. Um, uh, it's kind of dull. It's nicely lit. Um, looks like they used the same um, shadow templates from the Thriller series. You know, hmm. they cast like kind of abstract shadows on the wall with no yeah logical source. Uh, it's a long 63 minutes <laughs> uh, it's about this couple who are doing an architectural survey on Rochester Castle on the California coast and uh, the ending is different hmm. <laughs> different, <laughs> different in what way it manages to be unusual and yet lean oh, oh. <laughs> alright um, but uh, I mean, it's good looking you know um, uh, the Night Child, 1975, another Italian one. This is from Max Dallamano. And this is uh, Italians being classy. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's very restrained. You know, I, I, was, I thought Night Child, 1975, Possessed Girl. Yeah. This is going to be like vomit and... Yeah, lots of vomit and... <laughs> head spinning and all yeah. sorts of stuff. But, but no. Uh, this has got Richard Johnson in it, who's done a fair number of Italian. He was in uh, Zombie. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I know and love him from The Haunting. Oh, okay. oh yeah. he's the leader of the team. Um, yeah, he plays Michael Williams, and he's this uh, guy who does documentaries about diabolical art. And he goes to this uh, uh, this 
hill town in uh, Spoleto, which is beautiful. Uh, and uh, there's this painting that's been obsessing him that he wants to have a look at. And he takes along his, his little girl, uh, Emily, who's uh, been traumatized by the death of her mother in a fire. And she is very jealous of her father. Mm. Maybe a bit too jealous. Mm. Uh, um, <clears throat> takes about half an hour to get to any supernatural phenomena or any, any description. Um, but uh, yeah, I, was, I, I quite enjoyed it. it was quite, I was quite concerned for the charming couple involved in it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was all right. Um, Voodoo Man, 1944. William Bodine. Classic oh. monogram horror. It's got John Carradine <clears throat> as a henchman. Mm -hmm. He says, don't be afraid. No one's going to hurt you. <laughs> and that's when women start screaming. Right. Uh, George Zucco plays this gas station attendant. So you know something's wrong. Yeah. Are these names all weird to you? These are like from way back in the day. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, John Carradine, he was in the very first, he was in Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. He was, he was in movies all the way up through the 70s, and even after he died, he was in movies. Yep. <laughs> You've seen Waking the Bernies. You know how they do yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in Frankenstein Island. Where they just I was have just going to mention him. Frankenstein yeah. Island's probably one of the worst examples of <laughs> using footage of him that has right. nothing to do with anything in the movie. Um, Man. Bella Lugosi plays a Dr. Richard Marlowe. Mm -hmm. Uh He's, he's rocking a beard with slick hair. He kind of looks like a proto, uh, you know, hipster. <laughs> you know, he's, he needs a pair of skinny jeans. He'd look awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, George Zirko says, he says a lot of nonsense when he's chanting. But he, uh, I, I like it when he says, but remember, Rambuna is all powerful. Uh, Bella Lugosi says, Toby, get me the zombies. Um, I love the local sheriff in this movie. He says things like, gosh, all fish hooks. Gosh, all fish hooks. <laughs> wow. Um, and there's, uh, there's, so they've got, uh, they're doing these rituals with these beautiful women they've zombified. And uh, one of them is played by uh, Louise Curry, who'd been in Citizen Kane. Oh. Three years before. <laughs> um, uh, she lived to 100, apparently. Wow. Died five years ago. Wow. Um, Holy crap. And one of the last lines in the movie is, uh, why don't you get that guy Bella Lugosi? <laughs> it's kind of self-referential. Uh, so that, I think that was it. All right. Well, Halloween 2018. H40. <clears throat> H40. Halloween right. 2.3. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Dalloween. <laughs> so we went, uh, I guess it was sort of world premiere night for the movie. I think yeah. they might have done the actual world premiere the uh, night before. Yeah, they've done festivals. Yeah. It had hit the festivals, and I think they did, like, the the um, Chinese theater sort of thing maybe the night before, like the Wednesday premiere? night. premiere? Yeah, like the world premiere. Okay. But we were at the kind of almost world premiere. Like, wide releases tonight, Friday, as we record this. So I'm just trying to say, yeah, we're early on this. But, you know, we don't live in Hollywood. Uh, we went to the Alamo Draft House and watched in the comfort of big, nice chairs and yes. uh, a shut up or else policy, which is nice <laughs> yeah. in a way. Except for people scuttling around feeding their faces. Oh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> yeah. Waiters, you know, ducking Creeping and, around. Ducking and running <laughs> like roadies <laughs> at a Metallica concert or something. 
oh, Lars dropped his drumstick. Did you see that? Uh, at uh, uh, one of the Alamo announcements was uh, Alamo Home Delivery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? With a, do you recognize that movie? Uh-uh. What was that movie? Uh, Bay of Blood. Oh, okay. They're going to deliver a guy with a machete to your house yeah. if you talk during the movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's like we saw a Mario Barber clip and we saw a... And they had the trailer for Suspiria, so... Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm... Uh, Too much I'm story. not sold on. Yeah, that, that long trailer gives away one of the... One of the there's this big twist in it. Yeah. Did you spot... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but we won't mention it, but... Yeah. It seemed it seemed like, uh, at least from that trailer, like they're putting too much story into it. Mm-hmm. I felt like they're going to try to explain away everything rather than just letting it be... I mean, you don't really know what the hell's going on in Suspiria mm-hmm. for a long time. <laughs> they explain it at the end. Have you seen of. Suspiria? Yeah. Okay. It was the first movie I watched this year, actually. Wow. Oh, yeah, right that's on. That's a good, good idea. I got the, uh, yeah. the uh, Synapse 4K Blu-ray. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. Great. I snagged it. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. So, uh, so we went and saw this thing. Yeah. Um, initial reactions. Uh, maybe now that we've been with it for 24 hours, anything changed? Will, let's start with you. I loved it. It was fantastic. No. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. I was bored by most of it. It felt very uh, fan service There were a lot of, a lot of box <laughs> checking. Well, ticking all those boxes. Funny uh, you should say. Of, uh, What's that paper you have in your hand? Which is... mm, it's a fan service checklist. Okay, so what do you got on there? Okay, now this is this is observation, not criticism. We are not critics. We're not professional critics. <laughs> Will might be a critic, but not a professional one. No. Um, so Johnny and I were talking about this, and we all had talked about it sort of on the way home. Um, but on the way to picking up Jolien, uh, I said, Johnny, let's take... let's." Let's take a list here. Fan service checklist includes pumpkin credits opening the uh, opening the movie. Yeah, like I like that, those. That's the first I thing. I like yeah, that. That's... That was good because the pumpkin like reinflates. Yeah, <laughs> it un- it unrots. Yeah, <clears throat> we get um, we get the 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 schoolgirl looking out the window, uh, looking out the school window to mm-hmm. see not Michael but as Jolien pointed out, Lori and Michael switching places. Four places in the movie, you said, yep, right? Yep. There's sort of like four iconic moments from the original Halloween where Marvin, Laurie, and Michael, where mm-hmm. they're swapped out in the new one. Yeah, which is kind of amazing. Um, I liked one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked. We got a lumbering pack of escaped lunatics. Okay. That did happen. It was right outside Smith's Grove um, in the first one. Uh, you know, when Michael ran up over the car in his hospital gown. Okay. There were other lunatics lumbering around at that point. Um, Michael emerging from a back seat to murder somebody. Yep. Okay. Um, stolen overalls. Uh huh. You got to do it. It's always <laughs> important to know where Michael gets his clothes. Right. Um, kids trick or treating who bump into Michael. Yeah. That happened. Michael finds a knife. Hey, look, a knife. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get to uh something about that knife here in a minute as well uh, i don't know if you wrote that down johnny like the sandwich lady 
Um, did you not mention? I don't think I you, maybe you didn't yeah, list it as yeah. Ham Sandwich Lady. That's from Halloween two. Oh. two. Uh, so we we have a call back to Ham Sandwich Lady. All right. Because uh, they're watching Night of the Living Dead and she's making ham sandwiches and she's like, "Do you want mayonnaise on the sandwich?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Michael just comes in and takes the knife and she sees the blood on the cutting board. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's and just leaves her alone. Definitely a call back to that. Where's all the damn Ben Tramer is my question. We got one reference to him visually, sort of, but um, the boyfriend comes over while while a girl is babysitting. Uh, we get a sheet ghost. We get a guy stuck to the wall with a knife. Um, we got um, Halloween three masks on some of the trick-or-treaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the famous Michael head tilt, like he did after he pinned dumbass to the wall. Uh but he does it in a different place in this movie. Um, Laurie disappears from the grass the same way Michael disappeared from the grass. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the only switch I really <laughs> yeah. liked. I did like how in Halloween 2 they really laid it on thick. They're like, here's this big like uh, snow angel type impression in this <laughs> lush green grass. But if you look at the the original movie the it's 70, mostly dirt. It's mostly dirt. Yeah. It's like, wow, he did something that really perked up the grass in that short amount of time uh we get hiding in closets we get the famous michael sit up yeah and uh we get a gas filled uh death chamber basically a a room that gets filled with gas and then explodes well that's halloween too is that oh yes that's right because loomis is like good night michael (laughs) or some shit like that (laughs) and then then whips a lighter at him that's Um, right that, that's as good as I can do Donald Pleasance for you. Sorry. Because they burn him up in Ford <laughs> again, don't they? I think so. I lied. I, can I almost watched that. Ford He's on evil. your recommendation of liking this. <laughs> I 2.3 as good as four. Yeah. yeah. So as good as four. Th- this is not as much a criticism as it is an observation. This shit is in the movie. We're not making it up. We're not being a bunch of whiny babies. <clears throat> this is what's in the movie. Um, I don't know how many items that was, but it was over a dozen. Yeah. It was well over a dozen, wasn't it? Let's see. We'll, we'll just count them here. There's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He'll ten, cut all nine. this with editing. <laughs> Your voice yeah. does. He does. You nine. never hear these bits on the show. It's, it's about 19. <laughs> about 19 items that we could really count. Now, Jolene, tell us about the um, the other two moments of Michael Laurie switcherooing. Uh, well, uh, so there's the scene where uh, she's at the school and the, and the teacher's talking about fate and mm-hmm. then she looks out the window mm-hmm. and then across the street but this time it's Laurie yep. uh, you've got the uh, falling out the window hitting the grass and then disappearing mm-hmm. uh, you've got her face emerging out of the dark okay um, when he's at the top of the stairs right uh, and you've got him being in the uh, maybe hiding in the closet where she's stalking him and then we did see the, some of the doors had the lattice on them. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I think there was some point to that with them both being uh, kind of caught up in this original trauma. They, you know, they've got to keep going at each other and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're bound together. They're trapped in it. Right. Um, they're a victim and killer. And she's made out as being kind of crazy by uh, most of the characters all the way through until they realize that she's trying to be sensible right. about it uh, after all and then uh, you end up with three generations of the 
Strode family, the women, mm-hmm. getting together and uh, uh, cooperating and realizing that everyone's in it together and and loving each other and sane and uh, uh, and then they defeat him. Yeah. So uh, it all works out nicely. <laughs> Do you think we'll get a Halloween in twenty years? I think we're going to get one in <laughs> Are two. We get a really, really old Laurie Stroud fighting a really, really old Michael Myers. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point because, like, this is the third Halloween two. Yeah. So, <laughs> is the sequel to this one going to be called Halloween Two? Two. Because that would be very confusing. Oh my then god! Yeah. Halloween two point three two. Anyway, I'm sorry I started oh. this. Um, <laughs> no, no Halloween twos. No more Halloweens. No more Frankenstein's. So I made a list of things I liked and things I didn't like. Okay. Uh, uh, I really liked because, uh, as usual in Halloween movies, the uh, a lot of the characters are quite likable, especially the women. Yeah. And uh, I really liked them in the in this movie, and uh, I didn't want any of them to be killed. That was as far as the dread got with me. And yeah. Kind of, uh, but then the most of them get dispatched pretty short order, and uh, once he gets going, and so it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, kind I of think lost I that dread for me. I think the scene with the most dread that I felt was the uh, the boy with a rifle after the car accident or the bus accident. I felt was kind of tense, and I mean, you yeah. knew what was going to happen, but. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that scene. I like the scene with the uh, the motion sensor lights. Although I wish it had gone on just mm-hmm. a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of like Michael Myers moving around and not setting off the motion detectors. Uh, yes. But every time the kid kind of freaks out and moves a little, He'll, Michael's yeah, closer. A little closer. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good a good trick. So this brings up yeah. the question. Are motion detector lights the new bathroom mirror trick? I hope so. I hope <laughs> we see a lot of these. I want more of this. <laughs> yeah, that would totally work, wouldn't so it? So there, yeah, there were some moments in this when it was tense and 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 almost worked, and then uh, they'd throw in another fan servicey thing, yeah. and it just make you feel like I've seen this before. I've and I liked the the comedy bits were funny. Yeah, but there were so many of them. Uh, I thought, well, John Carpenter would have spent all these minutes, you know, looking around the town at uh, ominous streets and stairwells and yeah, uh, building up some sense of place and atmosphere. And, and uh, I felt, and this is one of the negatives, I felt that I was like watching a TV film rather than a cinematic mm. experience. You know, in the original, they're really using the frame and... Yeah, I can see that. Uh, this one is so many close-ups and medium shots. Was, uh, and it was all done in that green and orange color time. That I'm pretty yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, another positive. Uh, the audience we were with uh, seemed pretty thrilled by it. They were really yes. into it. Yeah, they liked it. The audience seemed to really like it. Yeah, they were, they were tense and screamy. and mm-hmm. so That was good fun. Uh, I like the single shot rampage where he goes in, goes into the ham sandwich lady's oh, house, yeah, <laughs> out again, and then into another house, and and then finally kills that woman at the window. Yeah, it was kind of almost like a Gus Van Sant yeah, sort of that, thing. That was, that was Long good. tracking. Yeah, because well, like 
I was, you know, you're watching the whole long tracking shot, you know, like, might be another nod to the original. Yeah. But um, uh, then they do that, like, uh, you know, really convincing special effect to cap it off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty effective. Yeah. Um, and I like the opening credits and the, the music was good. I wish they'd gone further with making it a little different. Yeah. But uh, It had yeah. more layers to it for sure. But it, it sounded great. Uh, all in all, I thought it, it looked really good. Um, it does always remind you you're watching a movie when it references <laughs> its, its original source material. Even if, even if it belongs to that source material, I don't know if that's a good enough excuse to reference it that much. Yeah. I mean, we have about 20 items here that we could think of. Yeah. I mean, if we rewatch the movie, we might be like, ooh, it's subtle, but there's that too. <laughs> you know, there might be another five or ten... Who yeah, knows how many more? it's been quite a while since I've seen any of the others other than like part six and yeah. the first one. Right. Oh, I guess we watched Halloween too as well. We had a, we had a, a cameo by PJ Souls. She right. was she the was a teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't think she said totally anywhere in it. <laughs> she should have. <laughs> I mean, she could have. She could have been the nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, she could have said something with the word totally in it without mm-hmm. <laughs> without it being an exclamation the way it was in the first movie. But, but maybe with like a, uh, <clears throat> an audience uh, going to see it who hasn't seen the originals, that, you know, that nostalgia is just going to blow by them and yeah. they won't be bothered by it like we were. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is uh, this probably to whatever point, you know, to whatever extent is... Um, is designed to be appealing to younger audiences as well. Yeah, I think it's doing really well. So, uh, podcasters, uh, you know, they're, they're they're some of the main characters. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. British podcasters. Yeah. So um, you see what happens to British podcasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, this is a cautionary tale as well as uh, <laughs> you know other things. Yeah. Um, so I won't I won't step up to a a mass murderer and wave his mask at him and go say something damn you (laughs) that might not be a good idea yeah that 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 could be under the uh under the broad heading of ill-advised behavior at a mental institution yeah um how did how did you all feel about the the dropping of two through h whatever uh, saying that this and, is no and, longer and the canon yeah the, <laughs> of dropping all the canon retconning everything and making this the sequel in effect because this is Halloween too. I felt that there were a couple problems with that one we're supposed to buy that Michael Myers has just been in, in an insane asylum for 40 years not talking uh-huh. or doing anything right two they get rid of any, and although the continuity was a mess, they got rid of anything that sort of tied Michael to Laurie, making him, I think they were trying to, to, to get him back to that mysteriousness in the first one, but does that really work for the film right, he's, viewer? He's got, I think that's the only supernatural element they have in it. He's kind of, there's some kind of supernatural magnet draws into his mask zeroes in on knives okay he's like, he's like super mario running around and things glowing right yeah uh you know he's he's drawn to laurie because they share that experience and that brings me another thing about halloween is 
Although I think the first Halloween works because it was different. Does Michael Myers lacking rules make him sort of, I don't know, an ineffective character, an ineffective villain? He has no real... There's no way to stop him, but now there's no real reason why he does anything. Um, they made him even flatter. I mean, even if they built him up over the last, and and we might not all like the continuity of the last 45 Halloween films that they've cranked <laughs> out over the years. Uh, but I don't know. I was thinking like Black Christmas. Mm. If they put out Black Christmas every couple years... And we never saw the killer. Would we still have the same interest in it? It's a good question. Um, I, I personally, I think the the unseen killer in Black Christmas works better fantastic. than Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, if they had, and I think I think Halloween. Part of my problem with Halloween is the sheer number of sequels. Yeah. And I think if Halloween had just stuck as as one film, it'd be pretty good. Still, yeah. but I think it's just been watered down. I don't know that making another Halloween film, you, you can do anything. And and like if you watch Black Christmas and they kept pumping him out, but never revealed who the killer was, you right. know, how much interest could you maintain? Well, do do you remember disliking Michael Myers being given motivations <laughs> in the Rob Zombie uh, reimagining? Yeah, but I think that's more of Rob Zombie failings than a, <laughs> than a story writing failings. I think Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, Zombie, <laughs> Dennis Zombie, his real name. Uh, uh, I think he, you know, he he falls into his own little tropes, but. I think you could explain Michael Myers. I don't know where where you go with where you go with Michael Myers and the Halloween series. I think is my big question right. because they want it both ways. They want him to be a mysterious shape, but hmm. they want him to sort of have a backstory or some connection. That I don't know what to do with Halloween. <laughs> no enough. more Frankenstein's. No more Halloween. Oh man, You're, the walls are closing in. Yeah. Things are getting smaller. Johnny, do you remember the first time you saw Halloween, the 1978, <laughs> the original? How old were you? Do you remember? Um, your grandma. Yeah. Your your mom's mom. Yes. Kind of laid it on you. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say I wanted to dedicate my guest spot on this episode to my grandma because she was the she was the person of of all the people in my family. She was the one that introduced my younger sister Julia and I to horror movies. Mm-hmm. And Halloween and I think Friday the 13th as well. She was a big fan of all the movies uh-huh. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know what age I was, but my earliest memory of a horror movie is Halloween. Right. Um, it's the Downy Fresh <laughs> Michael in the uh, clothesline in the bed sheets. Yep. Um, and that was the earliest memory of a horror movie I I had because I remember the whole sequence where he's, you know, he's hiding behind the hedges. Right. And then, you know, Lori's looking out the window. John Carpenter's cigarette smoke comes (laughs) poofing out. (laughs) Yeah. Like all of that, it stuck with me because I I thought it was fascinating how here we have a bad guy that 
doesn't care that it's daylight. He's going to stalk his victims and he's, he's going to stop at nothing. And I thought that's brilliant because I've, I'd seen horror movies that had taken place in like the dark. It's always dark and right. dark is scary. And then Halloween is a movie that, you know, you see Michael killing people at night, but then there's the whole sequence of him stalking her as well. Right. And that scene in particular where she looks out the window at him and he's in the, in the sheets that it stuck out to me and it was my earliest horror memory. Mm -hmm. So I have a soft spot for Halloween as a movie and a series. Mm -hmm. I like, I like the original second film. Right. And I do have a soft spot for four and five, despite the fact that they're not great, but (laughs) um, what are your opinions on three? Three, I saw for the first time, I want to say either last year or the year before. And it was, for, I mean, if you don't consider it a Halloween movie, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is on its own. Really. Yeah, on its own. It, it, it bears the name, but nothing else. Yeah, I thought it was. On big screen. Yeah. Oh, Tom is that Atkins? the first one you saw? Yeah. <clears throat> on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, for what it was, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, but, um, I like part three. Yeah, Tom Atkins can't go wrong. Yeah. Right, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the original. Um, I do really like the second. Um, I I've probably seen just about every Halloween movie besides the Rob Zombie movies. Right. Um, I haven't seen those yet. Not really. No. Interesting. I have to say something for any curious listeners who who followed our show. You're probably wondering, well, how how did how did Uncle Richard not ruin young Johnny's mind first? How did he not get to him before Grandma Hall? I'll tell you, I was living out of the area. I wasn't in the greater Chicago area. I was in Seattle and then Hawaii. And I was probably yeah. at the time uh, trying to have some sort of a moral compass and be like, well, clearly these uh, nieces and nephews are too young for this sort of thing. I don't really know I would have said that out loud, but I maybe would have thought it to myself. But uh, that aside, you know, your grandma was right. You really needed to see that at four or five years old. <laughs> she wasn't no, wrong. It, what's funny about it too, is that, um, you know, like, I don't even know what age I was, but my, my sister, Julia, she's three years younger than me, depending on the time of the year. And, um, what's funny is that she was the one out of the two of us that like, she was the self-proclaimed like horror junkie uh-huh. and she was a little girl right. and I was just, you know, I liked horror movies, but I didn't realize how much I liked them till much later in my life. Right. So at that time, it's like, I just like what I like. I just, you know, Jurassic Park, you know, it's right. <laughs> whatever was cool at the time. And, uh, you know, I think she was very inspirational in, uh, you know, introducing us to those movies, whether it was right or wrong. Right. I, I turned out okay. Horror is my genre. So, right. Um, you well, know, I, there are people in the world who think that, oh, these, these horror <laughs> fans are out doing awful things. No, you idiots. Some of the nicest people you'll meet. Like there were, there were these, um, uh, these two women that I, that I have seen at some, well, this one woman who I've seen at some conventions and she brought a friend with her who had not been to a horror con before. And, uh, and she was pretty freaked out. She's like, I don't want to leave her side. I'm a little freaked out here. And I, and I said, listen, um, you need to understand that this room is full of awesome people who really dig what they dig and they would do anything for you. And they're so nice. Go around and meet some people, look at some things at these vendor tables. 
enjoy yourself a little, but this is not a bunch of weirdos. This is a bunch of really cool, fun people. Yeah. There's a few weirdos. Right. Oh, yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> yeah, some happen to be weirdos this more than where others. weirdos belong. Yeah. yeah. But they're happy. But it's the right kind of weirdo. It's the good kind of weirdo. Yeah, uh, Emily's, uh, you know, she worked at the book places, and, uh, like, uh, everyone knew that, uh, like, the horror authors were the nicest. Oh, yeah. Like, Stephen King would come in, he'd be the nicest guy. Yeah. But children's authors... <laughs> Yeah, they <laughs> lived in dread of them. Oh yeah, they were so demanding. And... You wonder who the monsters are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So aren't we the monsters, really? <laughs> yes, every one of us. <laughs> so, uh, so this this young woman Holly, who was I, I think in her early twenties, after making a couple loops through the convention, which was Horror Hound Indianapolis, she came back to me and said, "Oh my God, this is awesome! This is the coolest <laughs> bunch of stuff and great people." After she was there for less than an hour, she's like, you're right. This is great. So I feel like that's the kind of thing where if it gets to you really early and you get desensitized from other awesome stuff, like I talk about sometimes how younger horror fans maybe see something like The Conjuring before they see something like The Shining, maybe don't appreciate the the, the creeping stuff that's <laughs> happening in The Shining. And I know, Will, you find it boring, but uh, <laughs> for different reasons. Um but the exorcist and the shining and things like that, where you should be feeling this weirdness building and this, mm. and this dreadful thing starting to happen. Uh, they, they're not going to be able to enjoy that as much if, if, if they've been like jump scared to death by the first three or four movies they've seen, then you can't go mm. to something that's got a little quieter, um, like a weird desperation that's happening in it. Um, Halloween though, we've talked about this. Like when we, when we talked about it follows, there's that town, that feeling of that medium-sized small town. Mm -hmm. It's not really a small, small town, but it's not, you know, it's kind of medium-sized small town. Population, let's say 10,000 to 15,000 people. Yeah. You know, somewhere around there. You've got the neighborhoods. And um, <laughs> having said that, though, I don't believe that many kids running around trick-or-treating at once. Yeah. I did, everybody's in perfect costumes right. and all the houses are decorated. I always That's always the problem with Halloween movies. I always call bullshit on that immediately. E.T. <laughs> yeah, e. has that problem, you know. Yeah. Everybody's out and they have perfect costumes. Yep. Except E.T.'s in a sheet. Yeah. And there's just constant people streaming up and down <laughs> the street. I think um, just like the... Uh, like Return of the Living Dead with the 80s movie punks. I think that oh, yeah. there's such a thing as like the movie Halloween of um, like Halloween night yeah. of this kind of mystical, magical Midwest yeah, um, fake, Halloween. Fake nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like I've never personally experienced a Halloween quite like that. <laughs> nope. And I would love to, but I don't know. When I was a kid in the 70s, <laughs> there were a lot of kids out. And a good solid half of us had shitty costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a solid half of us. And then you had older kids who didn't even bother to dress up, who just went out to terrorize younger kids. Raid their candy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the streets were more full when I was a kid, but they never looked like that. They never <laughs> did. They just didn't. It's like uh, grimy New York, you know? <laughs> At least that's real when you yeah. see that in a movie. <laughs> grimy violent new york you know they, they could play up certain aspects of it but it it's not fake but idyllic halloween yeah. trick-or-treating is is bullshit um so this movie uh was what about two hours long hour 45 hour 45 wow it just 15 minutes over the barn's limit yeah so do you know the barn's so, limit 
<laughs> I, I was 90 minutes for comedy is an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Horror and comedy. Yep. Hour and 30. Yep. Anything So longer? what would I cut from Halloween the inevitable yeah the inevitable question what would you cut from this oh man uh, I might cut out the podcasters <laughs> yeah because they didn't really, if I had they a dime for every time I heard that anything. <laughs> they have nothing to do with the plot yeah they they move it along by waving Michael's mask in front of him but he's he's going to come out anyway because it's his anniversary right yeah and he's going to be transported and uh yeah so you could cut that whole thing out and he just shows up with the mask and you would maybe it's in an evidence box and some in, in yeah who knows and someone uh, drops it and it falls out and they scoop it back up and he sees it yeah i like i like the uh, the women but uh they were all introduced separately like in the first one they're together so yeah. you get to know them they're all together and there's just a few scenes together and you get to know them yeah you're not spending five minutes on each household did we need the shitty boyfriend and his and his little lecherous buddy that tried to pick up on the girl later do we need them <laughs> uh, uh, we needed them for a body count but uh, <laughs> that's about it I mean the, that introduces like the um, the one bit of uh, like the, the, gender crossover uh-huh. that you often get in slashes but right that's uh, yeah that that was all well we got the motion detector out of the lecherous friend but they could have used a different character to move that into mm-hmm. the you know into the movie uh however i will say i saw it coming uh, but i still liked it that uh he tried to climb over the fence and, yeah, he, saw and he, that one. you saw the spike was gonna yeah, go I was, through I was his photos chin. that kid actually happened to oh shit really it was some embassy in south america i think Mm. And then Hot Fuzz, I love how it that's happened in Hot Fuzz. You think, oh shit, he's dead. That's how he gets. That's how he dies. And then you hear him going, oh, it really hurts. Yes. <laughs> that's the such great comedy. But yeah, that was that was cool. Um, but those characters were just kind of dumb. I didn't. We well, we used the the the, the shitty boyfriend to to uh, dispatch the cell phone into the pudding dish. Yeah. Um, that's his function. That's his function, yeah. Outside of that, uh, other than cross-dressing as, uh, you know, Bonnie. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. yeah. Is that why they showed us Bonnie and Clyde? I think that is why they did that. <laughs> yeah, we saw the trailer before the film. That was yeah. weird, right? The font made it look like it was a musical. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> the yeah, musical. Yeah, it's kind of psychedelic. It was very psychedelic and typography. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that early seventies or late sixties. Sixty eight. That yeah. was that was like one of the landmark violent. Yeah, that movie movies. really shocking with its violence at the time. Yeah, they I mean, them. we saw that guy get shot in the face. You didn't see that in movies before mm-hmm. then, right? Maybe the Wild Bunch. Yeah. Gone that with the came wind. out sixty nine. Hmm. Somebody gets shot in the face and gone with. Yeah, him. she's uh, alone in. Um, Oh, I'm Tara. House. Tara, yeah, and she's at the top of the stairs, and the guy comes up the stairs, and she shoots oh, yeah. him in the face. Oh, Mo Green gets shot through the eye in that uh, Godfather movie. That's that was a pretty shocking face shot. I would have been seventy two though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, in post. Yeah, yeah, okay. and so Wild Bunch was sixty nine, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, 
Wow. Bonnie and Clyde was pretty violent for the time. Yeah. Now it's a kids movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> they used to show cartoons on Saturday morning. Now they just show Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> getting gunned down for. <laughs> what are Bonnie and Clyde up to this week? Right. Oh, they're uh, robbing a bank. Yeah. And they shot a man in the face. Well, wacky Avengers Those nutty kids. bullets. <laughs> uh, they really lit them up, didn't they? The other thing, yeah. Uh, this movie spent a lot of time on Laurie being the uh, survivalist, the prepper. Yes, and, and then, then she did dumb things like not having a metal door on her house. <laughs> yeah, she has a metal, like a cage frame, doesn't she, door? But then yeah. she slams the door on him and bolts it, but it's got glass panels. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then she leans against the door. You were, you were a little more mad about this last night. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, because it's like it builds it up, and she's supposed to be the, the kick-ass prepper. Yeah, but then so you got that. You got like uh, she's on hardwood floors in boots, so uh-huh. you can tell exactly where she is. You don't need motion detectors or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, let me let me just interrupt for a second. The the cage door on the front of my house cost me about 180 bucks at the Home Depot. Michael Myers could not get through that door. Um, and I only needed to stop the crackheads from up on Colfax from getting through the door. In fact, I've opened the inner door and said, get the fuck out of here to a couple of people that were trying to panhandle door to door. Mm. Um, and if it was a giant killer, he wouldn't have been able to do anything to me. Uh, you know, unless he was a killer with a gun yeah, or a flamethrower. But yeah, but if it was just a guy with a butcher knife or his bare hands, he couldn't have done anything to me. Yeah. And I'm not Laurie Strode prepper. So go <laughs> ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just, no, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have any monitors in the basement. Mm. Yeah. So she's blind when she gets down there. So no wonder she's going in and out. How many times do they go in and out of the basement? About five, right? Yeah, yeah. at least five. Uh, yeah. She, she has a revolver, mm-hmm. but she tracks him through the house with a rifle. Well, yes. <laughs> yep. With an extremely long barrel. You know she's coming around the corner like you know, 30 yeah. seconds before she appears. Why Rule, does she yeah. still have closet doors in the house? Rule number one of, of gun selection. Make sure you're, you're, you're using a, a stubby little Beretta when you're deer hunting yeah. and a big long rifle when you're in a kitchen. Yeah, a sawn-off shotgun. That would take care of just about everything you yeah. wanted. Yeah, like, exactly. What's the Barnes rule for uh, something trying to get you? Cut its head off. Yes, yes. That was a, that's always how you get rid of them. Yeah. So um, they should have gotten rid of Michael's. She head. has a firing range stocked with mannequins, mm-hmm. but she also has a bedroom Up, full of mannequins. upstairs <laughs> on the second upstairs, floor. Yeah, where she can easily access them for her firing. Yes. Path. <laughs> go up the stairs, carry one down. Go Hide back up in the, the stairs. basement, but then shoot through the f- ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> slash floor. Revealing where you're hidden. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All perfectly. I also thought that her her motivation as far as a character was a little strange. Like they wanted to wipe away, you know, parts two through X. Um, <laughs> two through Z as in zombie. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I felt like her motivation was a little more severe than than just the one movie would have or the one night would have i mean i think after 40 years you would have lost some of that paranoia so i think the character was sort of built up over the over the movies but they wanted to erase that as at the same time she seemed a little more unhinged than i thought she would have been 
after just one instance. I felt right. that, you know, if it had been like two or three, you could understand more. But that goes back to the whole thing. Michael Myers has just been standing around in, a, in the same asylum for 40 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fit for a sixty-one-year-old. He is. He's he, super fit. And considering that he's just standing there, he's not doing squats or anything. Yeah, he's tied to a big block. Mm-hmm. Inhumanly patient. And again, <laughs> I think they should have cast John Carpenter as the doctor. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and the Michael Myers could have killed him, and so, it would have all come full circle. So let, let's bring that around then. At that point, the doctor. He was a protege of Loomis, or at least the successor to Loomis. Yeah. After Loomis died, and he mentions it, you know, so you know it's part of the story. Um, what did we think of him going bananas and saying, "Oh, this is what it feels like." <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it coming, but then again, maybe that's because it was just so wacky. Yeah. Of course, you didn't see it coming. It was wacky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if he had started doing backflips, it would have been just as wacky. Did, did anyone see it coming? No, 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 nope. We all disagree. I mean, we all agree. Not until he said, not until he said something like, "I wonder what it feels like." Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, he's going to go nuts." Because I was, I was kind of distracted because at that point they they'd run over the guy, yeah, dressed as Michael Myers, and I thought, "Oh, are they going to do the thing where it's someone else?" I thought that's where they were going with it. Yeah, the Ben Tramer. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I was kind of distracted by that, and then he goes with Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie definitely needed more Ben Tramer and less... <laughs> Every unex- movie needs more Ben Tramer. <laughs> this is true. Uh, did you guys hear that Ben Tramer's playing at the uh, Lion's Lair? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it's like $12 cover. <laughs> 12 Why 12 Why not 10 I don't know. I don't know. Why is that? <laughs> so, um, I, got, you- I got tired of all their head slamming. Oh. There were a lot of heads oh, slammed. Sure, every time someone's head got slammed, in the your head would yeah. be slammed. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like uh, squashing a head into a pulp. I don't think a head squashes that easily. I really don't. I think some really big dudes could stomp some really soft heads with their big boots, and <laughs> they wouldn't quite splat like that. Yes, the doctor's head did splatter like an overripe melon. Yeah, <laughs> like something out of... Uh, Entrails of a beautiful woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, I think that was when I, I realized that uh, what the first movie had done in building up the atmosphere and dread, uh, that that was missing because this was substituting gore. Mm. And this is gorier than this was just about the whole the entire series. I think this had That's more true. kills than just about any other film in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, true. Yeah. Which you kind of have to level up on your gore for today's audiences. Because, well, you know, like, people were... There's two threads today. There's, like, the slow burn mm-hmm. ghost story. Like, the witch. Approach, which has been pretty successful. Mm-hmm. And then there's the extreme gore right. stuff. But Yeah. You have to you have to pick a lane. like a mix of those two, where it's a real slow burn for a long time, and then the last... Yeah, definitely with Michael 15 Myers, minutes he's, is he's just kind of gore. Spectral. Yeah. He's just blank ghostly yeah face yeah like if you if you could have him stalking and then maybe we don't see what happens and then yeah they do a bit of that in the first like half yeah you know you just get reveals right and then he comes to town and really lets rip he comes to town and then he really goes to town yeah yeah um 
I think we kind of went over the main beats of this and some of the fan service stuff and some of what we liked and didn't like. Overall, I was pretty entertained by the movie and I would, as far as horror fans go, I would definitely recommend, yeah, this is part of the thing. Go see it. You know, I can't say, yeah, uh, it's bullshit. It's not worth it. Don't waste your money. I wouldn't say that uh, because I don't feel that. Um, I do feel like if someone were to ask me, hey, man, is it all that? I would say, you know, don't have your expectations so high. Just go in and be ready to see something different. And you might might actually feel like I do and feel like, oh, it was entertaining and I enjoyed it. Um, I can't not notice fan service stuff that, you know, not all of it felt totally shoehorned in. Some of it was more subtle than other stuff. But you didn't have to do all that stuff, guys. You know, you yeah. didn't, but you did it. So, yeah, if this was a paper and I was grading it, I'd get a C. Okay. <laughs> so it's average. It's average. Yeah. See, it, I see like it with an audience. Don't wait for it on TV. Yeah, yeah, watch it with an audience. I liked it a lot better than it last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not as good as Blood Rage. <laughs> <laughs> what is better than Blood Rage? There's not much, Nothing. right? It's a pretty Nothing. short list. It's like uh, all of the Hitchcock catalog. Nope. Yeah. 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 Not, Most not... of the Hitchcock catalog, then Blood Rage. <laughs> <laughs> but I was bored with Rope, honestly. Were you? A little bit. It was a fake winner, but I loved it. Like, yeah, I liked the, the technique oh, yeah. of it, but I found the story a little, I think maybe it was one of those that had been hyped before I ever got oh, to see well, it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it the first time I saw it, except for that dude on uh, uh, Turner Classic Movies or whatever it was, explaining mm-hmm. explaining how they did it and uh, how and why the movie was put together the way it was. And I, w- I went into it like ready to see something kind of re- really interesting and watching for the changes and going, I see it happening, but if I didn't know about it, I wouldn't yeah. pick it out. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Technically, it's fantastic yeah listeners are like why are you guys talking about rope <laughs> uh, J- johnny how about you let's go to you on this uh, all right um so your sister's a huge fan of halloween what, what, what would you tell her if, if she called you right now and said hey johnny i just heard you went and saw it what do you think what, what would you tell her well i mean i would say i would say it didn't exceed my expectations but i intentionally didn't really go into it with much hype. You reined you reined in those expectations. A yeah, little. and okay. and I'd seen we went to see Candyman, so inevitably I saw the the trailer. I'd seen, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like the first trailer I'd seen. It was kind of shorter, um, didn't show as much, and I wasn't really going out of my way mm-hmm. to to really follow any of the progress of the movie. I was just waiting for the release and then I was just going to see it when I saw it. And if it sucked, it sucked. If it was good, then, you know, cool. But, um, I think it helped that I didn't go into it hyped, but also there were a couple moments in the trailer that were kind of spoiled, which right. It's, that's not news. It happens all the time. Um, it's to be expected, but, uh, I would say it was for what it was. It was fine. It was good. Um, I had fun with it. I do think that maybe a younger audience, like, I mean, even kids younger than myself, I'm thinking of like my sister, Janie, Uh who I don't know if she's seen the original Halloween. How old is Janie now? Janie is, uh, 16. Okay. She's ready. Yeah. I don't know if she's seen the original, but 
if she hasn't, I think she could feasibly jump into this and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how her and and kids her age feel about movies like the original. I don't know if they'd be able to, to have fun with it because I think it's, it is more atmospheric. It's, um, you know, it's slower. And then like you said earlier, it's, there's this, I don't know. I feel like dread is not a thing that, that kids are really looking for. Right. Which is why you have, I don't know. I think that's, that's been true of kids. I mean, at least for myself, I preferred <laughs> gore over dread as a child. Yeah, yeah. I'd much rather have something, you know, sort yeah. of dreadful than something gory now. But yeah, like to 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 my sister Julia, who I know loves Halloween, I would say I think she's gonna enjoy this. I, I would say it's a fun movie. She'll, I think she'll that, probably get a little charge out of the fan service stuff, I would think. Because yeah. she'll pick it out for sure. Yeah. And uh I don't know, I guess I don't know. It was it was good, but I feel like maybe they they had to have been put in a tough position because you have to please the Halloween fans. So you have to throw that fan service in there because people are going to expect that kind of thing. But then you also have to, you know, cater to that younger audience. And I felt yeah. like they did a fine job, but then also there was a lot of conveniences in the way of the the plot. Mm-hmm. It's obviously just to move the the, the movie along. And again, like I can't be too critical of that, but it's like, you know, all right, Michael Myers is this brooding man who you see in the beginning of the movie chained to to whatever those things were, and mm-hmm. but then you're gonna transport him on a bus, right. these other inmates. Yeah, <laughs> it's just things like that. It's like, well, he has to escape somehow, but it seemed a little too convenient. Right. And so stuff like that was kind of goofy because they they should have put him in like a <laughs> like an armored car. Yeah, I kind of... A, a Loomis armored car. A Loomis armored car. Armored car. <laughs> oh, that man. would have been really good. Hell yeah, that would. Uh, <laughs> we complain about fan service, but then we'd love that. <laughs> we We're just never been... going to be happy. Right. Uh, right. I forgot what I was going to say about that, but... But yeah, I... I you uh, get that uh, revivalist van like you did in part four. Yeah. The gas station. Oh, Yeah. I was expecting, uh, or what was I? Gonna, I was going to say something about the escape. Oh, after the doctor went nuts, I kind of expected it to be revealed that oh, the doctor helped him escape. Right. right. But then that didn't happen, and no. I kind of thought, oh, they just glossed over that. Whereas that would have been a perfectly v- valid reason why he escaped. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been set up. They had set up the crazy doctor. Why not go just a little bit further? It's like, yeah. like Johnny said, uh, you felt this movie being pulled in several directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like another thing is, this is supposed to start a franchise. Mm. I just felt that you know you're not going to get a conclusion on this movie. Yes. No, no, you know the major characters aren't going to die. Yeah, yeah, and you know Michael Myers is coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. If this was it, if they were like they we're really killing him off, or yeah. this was the end of it, that'd be pretty spectacular at this point but it's it's just like all those bands that are like this is our farewell tour and they lie <sighs> to us michael myers is a goddamn rolling stone <laughs> he kind of is but i'm, I'm um with the like the dropping continuity I, i'm kind of used to that with being a godzilla fan and yeah 
have a Frankenstein fan, and you've been hurt before. Well, it's not hurt. It's just like oh, we're not <laughs> with the Frankenstein ones. It's disappointing because like they left off in such an intriguing uh, cliffhanger at the end of Revenge. Sure, ah, but uh, like with, with Godzilla, they several times they've like dropped everything but the first one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot. Of, if a movie series goes on that long, I mean, they did it with James Bond with the yeah. Daniel Craig takeover mm-hmm. uh, a decade ago or whenever those came out mm-hmm. 15 years ago now yeah uh, I think you have to at some point because it just becomes too convoluted and nobody mm-hmm. new could come watch this yes whereas like saying your younger sister could watch this without having seen the first one and yeah I think you'd get I think you might even enjoy this a little more because you wouldn't be yeah yeah. taken out of it with the fan service right. you wouldn't be comparing it to anything else you would just stand on its own and i think it might be a fairly good movie mm-hmm. yeah because on its own. i mean i'm 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 thinking about it i don't know it's it's weird because i feel like the older i've gotten it's like you just your perspective changes on you know art in general and the way i view movies is completely different like i think the shining is much scarier now because I can appreciate things about it than I did when I was a kid. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's what and, Richard was saying. Cause yeah. when I was a kid, I thought the shining was boring. <laughs> I watched and I was just like, Oh my God, this is not good. I watch it now. And it's like, this movie's fantastic. There's so much creepy stuff going on mm-hmm. there. You know, if I had been a kid and I watched <laughs> Suspiria, I don't think I would have been as enthralled with it as I am now. Yeah. Uh, I think the gore would have held, my interest but <laughs> for sure know, as a child i really enjoyed the more shocking gory you know the injury to the eye motif was right. always a good one <laughs> always a, it was a crowd pleaser yeah <laughs> yeah so, I, when, when i was when i was old enough to be able to see gory movies i just like oh give me what you got oh exactly right. oh yeah bring it and on I, and part but of it was, was quite a, happy watching ghost movies and things before that yeah, part of that was the fascination I had with like doing special effects. Was like, how did they make that? Yeah, yeah. How did someone's head come off like that or whatever? Yeah, that's right. definitely a major part of it. Yeah, so the magic yeah. trick. The magic trick, exactly. So the, there's a funny thing that happens when horror fans start to reminisce. You know, they they <laughs> will they will absolutely remember all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies being awesome. <laughs> But if you go through and you watch them, you could be like, wow, most of this one kind of sucks. Yeah. And something like Jason Takes Manhattan, there's got a bunch of inexplicable crap. Halloween. I that was the last There's so many I bad watched. Halloween movies. Friday the 13th, yeah, it got got pretty bad, but I've not been angry at it like the Halloween series oh, got. Because yeah. it went from such a high to... To so low. Yeah. 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 So the, 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 uh, the one with Josh Hartnett... And the one with Busta Rhymes, and th- those are just so bad. They're so bad. Um, I've rewatched them just to be sure I wasn't wrong about how bad I thought they were. Um, four is is pretty yeah, decent. Like Five is kind of dumb. I hated the, f- the fifth one. Yeah, it was so stupid. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna shoehorn in some dark, mysterious character with this tattoo, and there's gonna be this symbol, and it means something. No, stop it. Just stop <laughs> right there. This is not okay. Uh, yeah, and then, I don't know, man. It, basically what I'm saying is, if we're going to grade this on a curve, <laughs> this is going to get like a B plus if you, mm. if you factor in those. Um, and, and I will absolutely recommend this to Halloween fans and just say, go in, 
keep your expectations, you know, right where they should be, which is, you know, moderate and, um, enjoy yourself. I think you'll dig it. Um, horror fans in general. Well, you know, if you're kind of ambivalent about the Halloween movies, maybe that's a good reason to enjoy it more. If that's who you are, uh, non-horror fans aren't going to dig this. So just, you know, stay out. We don't need you anyway. What about Rob Zombie Halloween fans? They're going to be a little <laughs> pissed off that the guy is not over seven feet tall. Oh. And apparently Nick Castle's considered more of a cameo <laughs> in this because I think the, the new guy who's also a stuntman. James Jude Courtney. Yes. He, he seems to do more of the... Yeah, he's most of it. Yeah. He's probably a good solid 95% of it. Mm. Um, do you know how tall he is? Have you, did you look he's in He's over six foot. Yeah. And uh, Nick Castle was right at about six feet when he was younger and I don't know if he shrunk any I mean I just met him briefly not long ago when he was about my height and I'm six feet tall uh, so the, yeah this stuntman dude obviously they needed someone a little more spry to be like picking up people and things well, and Nick Castle's 70 something now yeah he's in the early 70s he's, yeah. he's probably an old hippie <laughs> yeah there was a missed opportunity I think um, instead of showing Repo Man on the TV during the one scene, they should have just played Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, that, oh, would, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, that would have been wow. pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, we nowadays, like, there's such a craze with uh, the superhero movies and these uh, cinematic universes. Yeah. And when I think of horror, it's like, you know, Paranormal Activity has gotten how many sequels and there's a lot of Purge movies. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would say no more Halloweens, but then a part of me almost wants to see a lot of sequels just to see how goofy it would get again. (laughs) Like, why don't we just pour more money into that and and give it to maybe some up and coming horror directors and just see what they do. That would just keep bringing them back. (laughs) That would be good, you know, and and that's kind of, uh, you know, what I like about three is that they wanted to go in that sort of anthology situation. I think that would be neat if, yeah, you came, you gave that series to up and comers like that, and just be like, "You got ninety minutes, do whatever you want." Yeah, I almost think like that would be kind of interesting because that way you can kind of go into it knowing it's probably gonna get goofy. Because if you keep killing, it, it's it's like you know every Halloween movie and every Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like they get killed and they come back. There's always some crazy way they come back. Yeah, and at a certain point, it's like, it doesn't even matter. Let's just see how, let's just see what kind of hijinks they get into this time. <laughs> yeah. And I almost think like, what if we just poured money into that, gave it to some up and coming horror directors and just, you know, have, have a Michael Myers in Manhattan or, you know, <laughs> Halloween X where he goes to space. <laughs> like, I, I wonder what that would be. You what does the future <laughs> Halloween look like? You know, it's 300 Jet- years in the future. And, yeah. Yeah. Jetpacks. Trigger treating and <laughs> jetpacks. Laurie head in a tank. Yes. <laughs> Robot arms, yeah. <laughs> I would go for that. Oh, for poor sure. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, do you think that that wasn't pudding? That was actually Activia? In that oh, pool? that's what that was. It was Activia. <laughs> the phone went into the Activia. <laughs> 
that's probably a good place to call this a show. It's a long episode. It is. I mean, you know, but there's, there's, uh, you know, 25% more of us here. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about such an important uh, milestone in horror movies. And this is a very fitting episode for me to be featured on because Halloween, Carpenter's Halloween is the movie that I think got me into horror in the first place. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah. It's, it's very fitting. So Awesome. Thank you. Well, guys thanks for having, for having you. Yeah. 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 Thanks, thanks for, for coming on. It's yeah. been nice to, uh, I mean, it's been surreal because I get to hear your voices and see your faces. And oh, I, get to, I get to interject you're, every now and then. You're to fly in from Chicago every, <laughs> every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that expensive. I get to experience this uh, shed at the bottom of the garden. We <laughs> could do, we could have the telephone. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we do need to try that because there's a, <laughs> There's a couple of guests we could also add to our show <laughs> yeah. with that being a thing. Um, we could get Sean Young from Blade Runner to tell you how wrong you are to not like Blade Runner, Will. <laughs> All right. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's the grain of salt our listeners have to take Will with. He doesn't like Blade Runner, and if you really dig Blade Runner... You're, we're then, not going to agree. Yeah, so just accept that that's where Will's coming from. It's, yeah. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful film, but it comes up short. <laughs> Well, uh, next week we're going to be recording for our, our uh, Halloween extravaganza. And I think what, one of the things that we will say is that we're going we're gonna to give our list of, uh, of our ultimate Halloween um, film festival. Like you're going to play it for some friends at a party kind of situation. We're going we're gonna to give that list. And I'm not sure what movie we'll talk about. Um, we'll spring it on you. I want both of you to see Apostle. Okay. Yeah. We could talk about that. Apostle and if I can watch Heredity, have you yeah. seen? You've seen I, it. I haven't yet. And, okay. And we talked about Johnny. You said you would rewatch I, it. I would gladly rewatch it. I okay, it. so maybe we'll do that tonight or tomorrow night. For sure. Um, yeah. So we'll just call next week our Halloween extravaganza, not Halloween the movie, just Halloween the holiday, yeah. and that that's going to be a good place to to see us next time, uh, showing what we know and what we care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right and what we don't care about or and what we don't know that sounds like a high bar yeah sure it is all right listeners thank you for listening stay off the moors Thank you.